Okay, awkward silence. <laughs> I was just waiting to see if it would stop. Yeah, everybody just kind of randomly starts echoing. <laughs> like, it's different people. Are you messing with, like, sound effects, Nick? Like, you're just making random people echo? How did you guess <laughs> all this time? <laughs> you, oh, man, we can't swear on this one or I would have some words for you. Welcome, folks, to the long-awaited Game Source Podcast 88. 88. 88. We're on a harmony. <laughs> so, everybody, I know, I know I normally do the introductions, but it's been a while, and everybody wants to hear your beautiful voices. So, Gerald, you're the oldest. We'll start with you. <laughs> I'm the oldest. I'm Gerald. I'm sometimes <laughs> better known as Yes, Elvis Lives, especially when I promo myself. Uh, I am Sam, the seventh Valkyrie. Uh, I'm probably the youngest, I think. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. I'm the youngest. I'm the baby. On the air, though. On the air. Because there's actually probably a baby else in very close proximity to someone else. Yeah, he's thankfully asleep. Hopefully it stays that way. <laughs> this is Jeremiah, a.k.a. Super Pouring. And so it has been a while since we've all congregated on a podcast so welcome everybody tonight and i think we got a lot of cool stuff to to i'd say speaking of cool stuff (laughs) excellent segue ah yeah i I let it if there were awards for that (laughs) would have won it ah i i know i didn't even think about that that was good yeah that was a good segue uh speaking of cool stuff Gerald, why don't you brief everybody on our cool page? Uh, yes, by the time you actually listen to this podcast, we'll have a great page. Well, you know, your one-stop page for all your tech connections. It's going to be called Cool Stuff. It's yourgamesource.com slash coolstuff.html. And we were inspired by, obviously, the years we've been going to CES and, and E3 and, you know, getting our hands on all the gaming equipment. So we want to bring to you the best of what we get our hands on that uh, might you, the gamer, might be interested in. So we've got a lot of great products already, got a lot of great videos, audio interviews, and pictures already up on the site. And once again, it's uh, yourgamesource.com slash coolstuff.html. Or if you look on our front page, you'll see cool stuff right there. And you just click on the tab, and uh, you'll be able to see a lot of good stuff. Our, uh, a lot well, of cool I, stuff, maybe? Yes, a lot of cool stuff, including our uh, January cool stuff, coolest pick of the month, the coolest stuff pick of the month, uh, which is the hip shot dot uh, from Airdrop Gaming, which is a great little uh, great little product for, for anyone out there who wants to improve their multiplayer um, for any multiplayer first-person shooter, uh, basically it's a device that sh- suction cups right onto the uh, target area for your uh, first-person shooters, whichever one, Call of Duty, uh, Battlefield 4, or, you know, you name it, it, it works with all of them. And uh, it does improve scores uh, because it, it improves your accuracy and you don't need to uh, take that extra second second and a half to try and target your enemy it does that you know almost for you it's a huge difference like a second like half a second that's 
that's a huge difference. Because you can shoot, you can shoot from the hip a lot quicker and all with a lot more accuracy, and and uh, you can actually, like I said, it makes it made me feel more competitive when I when I was using it. So um, I posted an article that, and and our congratulations to Tim and all the people from Airdrop Gaming on that. And uh, you know, stay tuned. Uh, we've got more great articles, great videos, great. Uh, Great audio and uh, great things coming up for cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, on, on that note, on the cool stuff note. What uh, else is cool, man? Cool. What else is cool? We actually didn't really get a, a chance to discuss uh, last year um, how unfortunate that was about our game of the year pick. And I know. Oh, uh, you stop it. You stop <laughs> it right now. Game of the year. Game of the year. Only. 22 days late, but game of the year. <laughs> That's okay. Most of the, uh, some of the other sides don't even do it until halfway through January. Well, as I must regretfully have to say this. Oh, I've... what did I just say? What did I just say? You stop. <laughs> and Try I to have... be impartial. Be impartial for like 30 more seconds, at least until you like introduce the segment. Okay. And then okay. you can be biased. Just give me oh. like 30 more seconds. As I welcome... As I welcome our addition to Game of the Year 2013, I would like to say Fire Emblem Awakening was the Game Source staff pick. There. Was that your 30 seconds? There, of, you, there we go. That's all you had to do. Now now complain away. And then The Last of Us was second, and no, Animal Crossing New Leaf was first. third. See, mine wasn't even in the my Game of the Year, which I chose as Pokemon X and Y. Was not even in the top three. I think I'm the only person who even voted for Pokemon XY. I hey, voted I put once. It on my list, and it was it was kind of on the lower end of the list. But there were a lot of good games last year. There were a lot of good games last year. That were that was oh, was that was a, my top five. That was tough. That was like, are we going into discussion or are we just kind of? Let's kind discuss. Of I picked Pokemon X and Y, and I wrote a piece about this because I feel. That there's a difference between a good game, like th- like Bioshock Infinite was in my top five because I thought it was a really good game, but like it was just kind of more Bioshock. Like I had a lot of fun playing it. The story was excellent. Combat was great, but it, like it didn't really do anything new. But like with Pokemon XY, like it took you know the old Pokemon formula, the same core mechanics that have been around for years and years, and but it added a lot of new elements and a lot of innovative things, but it didn't make you do anything. Like, if you are an all-time fan and you just want to do the gym battle system, cool, go do that. But if you want the, like, the, you know, global trading, if you want to do the, you know, like, the Pokemon stat increase training system, if you want to do the affection little minigame thing, there are so many different things you can do to really explore this world and really get a lot out of this world if you want to. And none of it is mandatory. Like, there's nothing worse when you get this game in a series and they're like, we're going to revolutionize the whole thing. Everything's different now. And you're like, but I like the old part. I want my old game. And it's like, if you want the old stuff, you have the old stuff. If you want new stuff, you have new stuff. And I think it's just such a phenomenal combination of the two. And I think that's what direction new games need to go in, especially games... And from a long list of like that have a long history, and I, that is why Pokemon, and it's just an amazing. The only thing I have to say about play. Pokemon though is that the story and characters were the weakest part of that whole game. But granted, like the improvements that they've made on the game are. I mean, so, if you like, so they, were, they were they were weak. I mean, compared to like compared to you know uh, the plot and characters of Last of Us, you you can't compare it. Obviously, it's not a well, cinematic I mean, even, experience. Even against the other Pokemons, it was pretty weak. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, obviously, against any anything with yeah, you know, I, but they did a lot. Like the customization options for your character, I thought were really cool. And I just think it did a lot of really cool new things, but it didn't make you do anything. And I think that that is just an important step to take. So I thought it just you know, bottom line, the combination of old and new was really spot on. And I think there was a really good balance and symmetry to it all. So that's my two cents. Now, was there a game that you wanted to play last year, but didn't that uh, might have appeared on your list? Yes, actually there's a game that I've been playing and I will say, I will speak very briefly on it. Um, It is called 
um, Device 6. It is actually a mobile game. Q gasping. Oh my god, mobile games aren't real games. What are you doing? I uh, actually know because Anomaly 2 was on my top 10 list. Device 6 is a puzzle puzzle game. It's like it is on I think it's only on iOS actually, but um it is a it's a puzzler kind of. It's um you boot it up and it's the story that's happening and it's the puzzle is there's six levels, they're very short, well depending on how fast you can figure out the puzzle. But um the puzzle is very well integrated into the story. The game uses the iPhone. You can do it on iPad. I do it on iPhone because you have to move it a lot, and I feel like it'd be really hard for the iPad. But the way it uses the iPhone technology and just, like, with the scrolling and just, it's it's, it's impossible to describe unless you're actually doing it. But the puzzles are just perfect, and you they're hard. But once you solve one, you feel like the best person in the world. And if I had played this game last year, I it would be I don't know, I'm not done yet, so I don't know if it would be my game of the year, but it would have definitely made my top five because it just the integration it it like it's not like Professor Layton where it's like here's a story, here's a guy, here's a puzzle, rinse repeat. It's just everything's well integrated, and you have to really explore the levels to solve the puzzles, and you really have to think, and you have to think a certain way, and it's. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. If you have an iPhone, it's $4, which is a lot, but it's an incredible puzzle experience. And if you consider yourself a puzzler, like you will absolutely love it. Now, I know a lot of people from various sites actually did get a chance to play the game and actually put it high up on their list as well. So you're not the only one. Hey, Jeremiah, did you... uh want to you know play any games that that you think might have been on your list that might have changed and shuffled things up on your top 10 well the only two that i didn't get to for obvious reasons because i don't have either system i'm kind of waiting for more games but uh resogun for ps4 because i really like twin stick shooters and killer instinct for the x bone because uh i really like fighting games Nick, did you have any ones that you were uh, dying to play but didn't across the past year? Um, <clears throat> and you can't vote for Last of Us again. You can't like trade it in for another vote for Last of Us. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I think I pretty much. I think I pretty much had the opportunity to play all the games that I would. I was really uh, psyched about playing. I don't know if there was really anything that I didn't get an opportunity to really play that I wanted to, and whether that was you know renting it on Redbox or making a purchase. Um, Maybe you should have played Fire Emblem and you would understand why it's the game. No, no. <laughs> I, I I don't particularly care for tactical uh, tactical RPGs. and That, that, that explains so much about you. Yeah, that, that was something that was rather unappealing to me. So, uh, For me, it was Gone Home. I wish I got a chance to play that game because I... I've heard it strongly recommended from a lot of different entities, and uh, I think that's one I should have played. And I probably will get to play it once uh, there's a nice Steam sale going on. If if I um, and it's not so much that I didn't actually have, I, it is kind of that I didn't have the chance to play it, but it's more so that I did not have the time to play it because um, I well I wanted to play Tales of Zillia very bad, but. Um, our son was about six weeks old when it came out, and that doesn't leave for a lot of time for uh, anything. So that um, I really did enjoy the game, the little bit that I played, but I definitely want to play more of it. And I just want to shout out, um, I did vote for Fire Emblem, but it was very, very difficult for me. I had to choose between Fire Emblem and A Link um, Between Worlds. Uh, I ended up going with Fire Emblem just because that game has so much. It combines so many elements in just a perfect way. Um, and it just barely edged it out. I loved the new mechanics in A Link Between Worlds, but it just wasn't quite enough to dethrone Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem was great. It was in my top five, too. It was... It was a phenomenal game. It really was. I will just leave that at that. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember my final time, but I know I put like about 215 hours into Fire Emblem. I'm not done. I think I'm like halfway done. 
ish. I've been going slow because I don't want it to be over. So I just oh, kind of yeah. The later half is really the best part of that game. I just found um, the person whose name starts with an L, Luciana. Maybe that's not halfway. I mean, to put it into perspective, I've never played any of the other Fire Emblem games, and I don't really play a lot of tactical RPGs, but I got so into it. Speaking of swearing, I just want to make sure everybody knows and everybody gets a chance, because when this podcast is available... Also available, I want to let you know the return of the C&C podcast is now uh, going to be up by the time you hear this. So Chris and Corey have uh, posted another one of their world-famous podcasts where they do use expressive language. So I just want to give them a shout-out and thanks for uh, allowing the listeners out there to sit in on another one of their great conversations. Is that the politically correct way of saying that? Yes. <laughs> uh, I think we I think we've elaborated enough on the whole game of the year thing and uh why don't we get right into the meat and potatoes of today, shall we? This so it's time for the new the new the new the It is time for the news. <laughs> All right. As much as it actually it doesn't really pay me to read this news article, so I will do so. And happily, and happily, Nintendo recently reported a substantial loss of upwards of thirty-five billion three hundred thirty-five million U.S. due to year-end sales not coming close to earlier sales projections. From no, it's yen, man. They no, no. Nintendo did not lose thirty-five billion dollars. Well, dude, I'm sorry. I'm reading off your thing here, and I, I just ranted about this the other day. So you think that I would have got this right? All right. See, I was so happy and excited to read this that I totally lost 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 my train of thought. Thirty five billion yen is only three million dollars. Thirty million, three hundred million dollars. Yeah, just a three hundred million dollar loss. That's yeah, okay. Let's, let's just, yeah, it's just a three hundred million dollar loss. Okay, so we're, we're well, just well, it's gonna better round. than thirty five billion dollars. <laughs> that that better stay out of the bloopers too. So. 35 billion yen, which you, which roughly equates to 335 million U.S. dollars, <laughs> give or take a couple million, due to its year-end sales, not coming close to earlier sales projections for both the Wii U and the 3DS. Big surprise there. Seeing another year in the red has investors and shareholders like screaming for presidents. <laughs> I, you know, you put this in here because you know I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Um, I'm just going to say the president of Nintendo. <laughs> Sotoru Iwata. Iwata. Um, I'm never taking to... you to Japan. Never. No, no, never. I, I don't know you. I won't. No. Sorry. <laughs> I, I would be terribly disrespectful. Um, cutting through all the turmoil. We have a hard enough time here in America with you being disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Angry. Exactly. It, I, it's bad enough that I have no people to hate me as it is. Um, Cutting through all that turmoil, in our opinion, what should they do? Well, <laughs> let me tell you what I think they should do. <laughs> Nintendo needs to just accept it for what it is and close their doors. No. I'm oh, my just, God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I know I went off on a – I know I went off on a tangent. I think this one was like 20 minutes. I can't remember. But 17. 17. There you go. Um Really, Nintendo, that shouldn't have really come as any surprise. They're, they're, the Wii U sucks, first of all, and, and the game, the, the quality games that they have coming out in that system are really unsurprisingly awful. And, and to just, like I, and I'll reiterate, like I said in the plus one, is that rehashing old titles on a new system, which really isn't very anything innovative, is not really going to boost Nintendo sales for so for them to have set completely unrealistic sales standards is beyond me. I don't know I don't know how they were expecting uh what was it 9 million? Didn't they project 9 million? They only landed about 3 uh for the Wii U and then the uh and then the 3DS was targeted I believe for 18 or 19 million and finished about 5 million short of that total as well. And I can't remember, was it 34 software titles? Was it 34 million? Am I off on that is what they projected? 
somewhere in that realm. Yes. Yeah, yeah and, and it felt, felt much, much shorter than that. Now, I like we've been saying, and I know we brought this up on other discussions as well, is that uh, I really think the 3DS has really been the only the only the only system, the only handheld console that Nintendo's really put out that has really consistently been keeping them afloat because it certainly hasn't been the Wii U. And uh, again, with the, with the, uh, even with all the scandalous things, which we'll get into the next segment with uh, Microsoft and, you know, other partners of Microsoft um, contributing to, to otherwise upset the, uh, the whole balance of the gaming industry. Um, it's still the Xbox one and the PlayStation four, um, have obviously come out with a considerably more powerful system with uh, capabilities that far, far outpower and outweigh what the Wii U and any of really Nintendo's products are even capable of performing at. And I think um, really since the Nintendo Wii's come out, they have really just plummeted. And I really, it's a pretty sad day when you when you don't have any reason to pick up a Nintendo <laughs> anymore. So, um, you know, shareholders should probably probably be pretty concerned about the Nintendo's future, especially if they can't think of something um, that's going to, to help them be productive long term, because uh, right now it's, it's looking pretty pitiful. Well, a few things. Um, first off, the, uh, you know, rehash of, uh, you know, a new Mario game, which many sites were actually considering as their game of the year is actually really good. Um, but aside from that, you know, there are new titles like Wonderful 101, you know, the next Bayonetta. You know, there are plenty of new games on the system that are worth having. Uh, oddly enough, quite a bit more than either of the new systems. So, you know, that's an interesting argument. But as far as power goes, you know, you're looking at, you know, the best example right here is 3DS versus the Vita. I have both systems. I, I also like the Vita. But, you know... The 3DS is obviously the better choice because it just has way more games. And right now, the Wii U actually has quite a bit more games than the PS4 and the the X-Bone, which is why we don't have either of those yet. Yeah, however, in terms of power, the PlayStation Vita still far outweighs capability-wise what the Nintendo but 3DS. And it's, it's not really, it's, it's not yeah, really a sense of power, though. Nick, it's not really sense of power because remember the Wii is is less powerful than the Xbox 360 and PS3, and it dominated the the last generation. Well, uh, that's because of, that's because I think that when the Nintendo Wii had came out, mind you, it was a new concept, and of which the 360 didn't yet integrate the Kinect, and the PlayStation 4 didn't yet adopt the PlayStation Move. That's what made Nintendo successful. However, again, making old game Bayonetta. The first Bayonetta shouldn't even have came out, let alone that the the crappy second one. That's that's probably going to be just as bad, if not worse, as the, as the first one. So in terms of in terms of games, quantity doesn't mean quality. Just because uh, Nintendo has a couple quality games that you know, and 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 that's my opinion. That's not necessarily saying your opinion's wrong. This just there's an there's a census out there that favors Nintendo. Did Nick, did Nick just acknowledge that other people could have opinions? I. I did acknowledge that other people can have opinions. That's I'm weird. I, I, I just that was that's a weird moment for me. It, I'm trying this new approach. Okay, <laughs> bear with me. It's a transition. Uh, but I'm just I'm just saying though, other people can have opinions. I'm not slaying down anybody's. I'm just saying that there is a census out there that obviously favors Nintendo, that favors Sony, that favors Microsoft, and I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can here. However. I just don't think, and I'm not saying that all their games are, are rehashed, reanimated, redone, but I don't think it's enough to keep putting out Nintendo titles. And as as huge of a Zelda fan as I am, redoing and remaking new new Zelda games is not going to sell the Wii U. It's just, it's not. It's not going to do it. And the 3DS isn't going to carry them too much longer before, well, I don't. I can't imagine with the mobile the mobile devices booming, whether or not there's going to be any considerable interest in making another handheld console, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a developer, so. Sam, what do you think? Um, I've kind of said this before. I guess I'll say it again. Um, my view when it comes to stuff like console hardware is I've never really cared much for what a console can do. Like, you know, kind of each of the new systems right now focuses on different things. They have different specialties, I guess. 
you know, the Xbox One focuses on this integration. You could say the PS4 has the most, you know, processing power, like it can do the most. And then the Wii U kind of has the funness of the tablet and everything. But for me, it really comes down to what games are on it. You know, if it doesn't matter to me what a console can do if there's no games for me to play on it. Like for the Wii U, main reason I don't have one, or like the Vita, same thing, like I don't have either of those because there's no games that I'm like, oh my god, I need to play this. And it has nothing to do with the the hardware. It's just I have nothing to play on this. Like what am I going to do with it if there's nothing I'm going to play? So, I mean, that's just kind of always been my thing is, yeah, the Wii U might be, quote unquote, an inferior piece of hardware, like processing power wise, because it can't crank out, you know, the same graphics that maybe an Xbox One or a PS4 can. And but that doesn't make it an inferior system in any way. It just, you know, might look different, might load differently. It just it just games. And I think that unless until there's like, you know, a star studded lineup that there's not it's not going to push units. And I think that's where the problem is. And that's what needs to be fixed is there needs to be that lineup. There needs to be that, you know, that daybreak lineup of, oh, my God, I need this. And I think that they're kind of getting there, you know, um, super. Is it Super Mario? No, Super Mario World 3D. Super three, Super Mario 3D World. Is that what it's called? It, a combination of those words in some yes, order. Super Mario 3D World. Okay. Like, that came out. I talked about this in my plus one, so I'm not going to, like, just reiterate everything that I said in that. But, like, that came out in the midst of all of this next-gen stuff. And it was... It, I didn't play it, but I heard it was, like, a fantastic game. But, like... So, they're getting there. Like, I think they just need to stick to their first-party stuff. Like, it's great that they're getting this third-party stuff, kind of like Bayonetta. Like, they're starting to get there. But I think they need to stick to their first-party stuff. It's what they know. It's what they're good at. And they need to start... And why they need to continue to make their um, this big show-stopping lineup. And that's what's going to sell their units. I know I just said all that, but, you know, also kind of, you know, to get on Nick's side as well, I do think they need more than that. Um, and I think they need to use some of this money that they've been sitting on in their banks and start paying out for, you know, some more titles, some, you know, outsourcing a bit. Uh, before you go into that, Nick, I knew you were going to say something, but I just want to elaborate. You know, if people get a chance, they need to check out the plus ones that that both Sam and Nick have have recorded in the past couple of days. They're up on our site. Uh, if you get a chance to listen to them, they're they're kind of uh, the direct opposite on on the Nintendo situation, and where I fall in is somewhere in the middle. So in the next few days, I'm I'm probably going to write an article and do a plus one on my thoughts on that uh, in more detail because my my true thoughts are, are fall somewhere in the middle and they probably won't make Sam happy and they probably won't make Nick happy. Well, uh, for but, me, if I want the third-party stuff, like that's what I've got my Xbox for. But even... Like, but even like I said, like Jeremiah said something, you know, as far as the games that 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 are looking forward to, Wonderful 101 and uh, Bayonetta 2. Bayonetta 2 is not something that that you know a large amount of people are interested in. That's not going to be a system seller. Um, with all due respect, Bayonetta I enjoyed, but not a lot of people here in the United States enjoyed it as as um, I think their sales reflected that it it didn't. It didn't. I believe it's a Sega title, and I don't think it sold quite what they wanted it to do. But Bayonetta two, um, you know, that they've been promising now for a long time. Is, is a it Wii exclusive U- or just? It's a Wii U exclusive at as of this time. I so, just feel like it's a cheap rip off of Devil May Cry. That's well, that's it's, all it is. It's, it's, it's I, I Devil enjoy- May Cry with more boobs, a lot yeah, more boobs. something and, like and, that. And but more but let me just say this: Wonderful like One Hundred and One, as 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 some people like, um, unfortunately, it didn't move. It didn't move the needle at all. Pikmin Three, which people had a lot of high hopes on, and had some marketing push behind it, it died here in the United States. 
Infected died. I heard that we'll Rayman back. Legends was actually like that's the best system to play Rayman Legends on. Yeah, it, it, yeah it, it was my uh, number three pick for game of the year. And that's a great game, and that's great. But even that underperformed in the eyes of Ubisoft as you know as a multi-platform title. So uh, I just think there needs to be more titles outside of what people are used to seeing from Nintendo, because obviously the sta- the the as you stated, Sam, in your plus one, the go with the flow, keep everything going. That's not working for Nintendo. They've lost money, a, a lot of money, more you know, year after year now. The success of the Wii is over, and and they need to make some certain changes in well, their they, business. It's model. because like I'm not saying like keep doing what you're doing. Like I'm just saying like keep using the titles that you already have. Like. The last big Zelda was two, three years ago. Well, like Skyward Sword. Zelda Wind Waker just came out HD. Well, that that's you know that's that's not a new Zelda game. But it was hyped. It was actually part of a bundle package. It actually got great you know great reviews, and it still didn't move the needle. The only thing that moved the needle, as Jeremiah can you know probably agree with me on that. The only time it moved the needle. You know, this holiday season was when they did the price cut. Am I not correct, Jeremiah? I mean, that's the only time they showed any kind of uh, consistency in sales this year. I just, I just feel like, like they, ha- the, what makes you Nintendo so unique is they have so much that no one else has. Like with Sony and Microsoft, like they have some exclusives on either side, but like they, the amount of exclusives on either side, either in both of those camps, and, and to is your not per- even close. And to agree with you on some extent, like I said, my opinion actually falls in both realms: Mario Kart, Super Smash Brothers, Donkey Kong Country Freeze. Those are great titles coming out this year, and those are things that that people should look forward to and should have a you know have a reason to to now consider a Wii U strongly because those are three really good looking titles. But the problem is if if with the general consumer, they may just see it as another Mario Kart. They may just see it as another Super well, Smash. Because the Wii U, it's, like again, I did say this my plus one. A lot of people were just like, "Oh, I have a Wii. I just need to go get this tablet thing, right?" And I think there was a lot of confusion on the Wii U, where it's like that it was just kind of you know the Wii one point five, where it's it was a lot of people didn't see it as a next gen system. They were like, "Oh, this is just." something new for my Wii. Well, technically like, it's not. Spec-wise, it's not a next-gen system. Yeah. It's but I think, comparable I think to Nintendo the PS3. Tried to treat it, I think they treated it like it was their next-gen. And I they tried the to jump point, into the next-gen race. And I think, I think the they kind of tripped over still, themselves. I think the price point's still too high. How I much think is it now? Is I think, it still $250? I think it's $250 for high. the basic, $299 for the premium. Yeah, that's I, it should be too, too much. It should be $200 for sure. $200. I think if they lowered their 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 system down another fifty dollars, they they may see a more consistent move in sales volume. But but still, and just to reiterate from what I said earlier, I feel like their hardware limitations are simply a component of of their failure, not the core of it. Their games, like going back to what you said, Sam, I I absolutely agree. There, like, I think their games are the a, core. Of, how good of, does a Mario game need to look? Like well, it doesn't it, need to look like you know, you know, exactly. like Battlefield Four on Xbox One. Like it doesn't need to look that good. But if I may tell, if I may interrupt, I'm, it's just another Mario game. I and, know, and that's the problem is there's been a line of how many Mario games in the past ten years, and at some point there has to be a breathing. There has to be some time to breathe for the consumer to say, you know, the general consumer, not the hardcore gamer, not the Nintendo, you know. It, it, I can it say be- the same for Call of Duty, though. How many freaking Call of Duty are you going to come out but with? But how many new people are entering the market, too? Like- but, but Call of Duty is suffering a decline in sales, Nick, for the first time. Finally! You know, <laughs> Finally! <laughs> I mean, uh, their their plateau is high, but remember, you got to remember during the Wii, you know, and Jeremiah, I'm sure can attest to this, Mario Kart uh, and some of the other strong titles from Wii's sold over 20 million, 30 million copies. So they were at the level that Call of Duty is now, and it's, you know, they've been declining as well. So I, I just think it's, you know, that they have to start thinking outside the box, whether it's new IPs that they bring in that they create third-party exclusives or 
you know, I know they don't want to deal with this. I know they don't want to hear this, but they have to look at other ways to, to try and generate revenue. And I think that extensive library that they have from of older games put on different formats such as, you know, tablets, iOS devices, Android. Like well, they they should, but they never would. Don't say never because like I said, they're a publicly traded company in Japan and at some point, sometime they may buckle under the pressure of those investors. You know, I think I think what it that comes down argument, to is that I hate hearing it because if Nintendo is unable to stay afloat um, off of these games, why is it that so many people are fighting for Nintendo to publish their games on other systems? Clearly, there is a market for the games, and people want them. Absolutely. But people want them on what they, you know, they want them on something else. If they want the game bad enough, they're going to want it on that. And clearly, they do if people are fighting and fighting and saying, oh, Nintendo should just buckle under. Nintendo should put it on other systems. Nintendo needs to do this. Great point. I mean, for instance, that, you know, Nick, we went, we heard about the PlayStation Now. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually going on all Sony devices. But, PlayStation Now will also be eventually be available on, you know, iOS, Androids, tablets, smartphones, things of that nature. Sam, they see the market for it. Yeah, because they see the market for it. They they realize that the potential is there to to earn a lot of extra revenue. Now, Sam, what kind of not being too inquisitive, but what type of smartphone do you have? I have an iPhone. I have the newest iPhone. Would you not kill to have a Nintendo channel up in the App Store that would? Oh, absolutely! You- that well, would there- be phenomenal. I would rebuy. I would rebuy everything. I would spend so much money. And I know Jeremiah, Stephanie, they just elaborated that. Nick would be, you know, would refine his Zelda love. I would be interested in playing a ton of Nintendo games off my tablets or smartphones. And and when it comes right down to it, we're all eager for this. But are we all eager outside of? Jeremiah and Stephanie to have gone out and got a Wii U. I, I, even you, well, as a Nintendo hardcore, you know, fan, as, as far a- as getting those games onto iOS goes, I I don't know how they would do that. You you need more than two taps and sliding to be able to play most of the Mario games or Zelda games or any of them to be able to actually play it and enjoy it. Well, that leaves the. Uh, the open for you know because controllers are starting to hit the iOS market either wireless or wired controllers are starting to hit the the, uh, the iOS market now and that could lead to a lot you know a Nintendo peripheral that could generate even more money for them. I, I I think Nintendo is still using an old business model and they need to get in with the new and I really think if they just if someone from their creative team would just have enough common sense to sit down and go what makes these Games that sold millions of dollars, great. What And break them down. What makes people love these games? And they need to take the concepts of that, and they need to develop games based off of that instead of making this garbage. And, well, and this- well, two things first on that note, and I'll say this, and I'll just I'll hush for this topic, is first off, it's a cultural issue. And before any major changes are made, it must be a cultural agreement within the structure of Nintendo's hierarchy itself uh, you know because it's japan because it's a, you know it's a japanese based country there are certain cultural things that they have to go through and go procedures they have to go through before things like a major change like that can happen and secondly you know when you're talking about um uh, nintendo you're talking about the fact that they have a ton of cash in the bank so they don't have to pull turn on the panic button just yet their years of, of you know generating income uh, has gotten them a large backstock of cash, and they can sit on the cash and utilize it how they wish. Uh, but that, the only thing is, unlike Sony or Microsoft, video games is their life, and video games is pretty much all they do. The licensing, but where does that come from? The video games. So they don't have other industries that they could feed off of so that they could keep those profits high. So I think that's something they need to think about. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from on that. I, 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 I can agree on that. I just, you know, just looking from what Nintendo – and, I mean, Gerald, I remember back when we were in the gaming store. I mean, you know, we had people calling – I mean, back when the Nintendo Wii had came out, it, it was it was, it was, it was freaking nuts. I mean, it was just crazy. And now to see, you know, to see their evolution have kind of gone backwards – and I mean, you know, not and and when they presented the uh, the Wii U at, at E3 that year, 
I don't think it was really anything that wowed anybody. I think it was but just it, like, But that's how know, this industry wow. is. It's always ebbs and flows. Yes, PS4 is hot. PS3 wasn't hot in the previous generation. GameCube wasn't hot, but the Wii was uh, was yeah. hot. So it and yeah. original Xbox wasn't hot, but Xbox 360 came on strong. So it just it's an the industry is in ebbs and flows, and it's just whatever. Once the general consumer finds something attractive about a certain feature of a console, it catches on fire. Touche. I got nothing to say about that. <laughs> you know what? You know what they should do. Here's my my awesomely terrible idea because it's so good it's bad um they buy oculus rift virtual boy 2 oh i mentioned that um at a on a previous yeah that was um that's yeah that's a good great idea you know the only problem is what would it cost hilarity it would cost hilarity there you go I mean, because those Sony VR sets were like a thousand dollars that were at CES. I, I just I didn't get a chance to hear uh, what kind of price tag they were talking about with Oculus Rift. That would be crazy. Well, I, I think we've I think we've pretty much beat that topic to the death. <laughs> Have your Wii U bundled with Oculus Rift and three great games for two thousand dollars, <laughs> and they're Come, all in red. Coming to a Best Buy <laughs> near yes. you. Well, um, <laughs> moving on to the next topic, finally, <laughs> which is yet another <laughs> steam buster. Recent reports, whether you have heard or you have, whether you have not heard, and which is why you're listening now, have leaked information regarding Microsoft and Electronic Arts possibly being responsible <laughs> for paying individual YouTube personalities in exchange for po- <laughs> sorry <laughs> for positive promotion of their products. Is this ethical? Of course it's not. <laughs> Is it right? No. Don't forget Electronic Arts. The makers of such outstanding products as Battlefield 4, SimCity, and oh, so many more. You know what? Did I tell you or, or didn't I, did I mention the other day that Star Wars Battlefront, a great, 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 great concept and great game is coming soon to consoles near us? Gerald, you should play like on the intro to this. EA, it's in the game. <laughs> EA Sports, it's in the game. And uh, have I told you that the Xbox One is an outstanding machine? Now, I don't know how much you guys have read into this whole fiasco. It is actually uh, true as far as everything I've seen. Oh yeah, I um, saw the I saw the, the actual problem, flyer. The problem and is, is they can't tell you that it's that it exists. It's whole. It's all part of the agreement, and that's part of what actually makes it not just you know unethical. It's actually illegal. Oh no, ours. Um, yeah, ours. Technica actually. Um, I want to give them credit for introducing the story, and then uh, I did see the actual flyer that was made available. But guess what? Wasn't up to three dollars per per view, and then a limit of a certain amount of views. My question is to you, Jeremiah. Why hasn't Sam and Chris gotten a check from Microsoft? Well, there's there's probably couple reasons. One of them is they didn't use the hashtag that you have to use, which you would only know if you knew about this, and you're not supposed to know about this because you're not supposed to talk about it. And that's the other problem. No, I knew you were going to say that. The the stipulation of getting paid for it is that you can't say that you're getting paid for it, which is actually the illegal part of it. Hashtag not paid. (laughs) Don't talk about Fight Club. Hashtag totes not getting paid for this. The first rule of Microsoft advertising is you don't talk about Microsoft advertising. Well, I just it sets a bad precedent, and of course they came out. Microsoft has come out and denied it. Uh, Electronic Arts, the, you know, of course they denied it. It doesn't exist. They exactly <laughs> they've they've they both denied it. The bigger story is Microsoft, obviously, because that that's the one that that really everybody is keying on, and it's just it's it's just not a good sign it's shameful and and the fact that they didn't pay us is is the most shameful part of it at you know in the very least i find it interesting that um microsoft is being you know portrayed as doing so well but they're doing sh- not so well but doing you know decently but they're doing shady stuff like this like if you have if you believe in your product and you believe that you're you know going to come out on top and you're going to do well you wouldn't have to do something like this. 
Ever since the release of the uh, the announcement of the actual Xbox One, the things that have gone around Microsoft and the things that, that you've done to promote and, and to try and get a good buzz uh, about the Mic- Xbox One has, has not been in their best interest. And it's just a shame. I mean, we're seeing it translated now. Yes, number dollar-wise in the holiday season, they did – they did come out on top because of the $100 price tag. But when you're falling behind, you know, right? like next month, the PlayStation 4 comes out in Japan. They're going to blow away the Xbox One in that market. And still right now, has, has anybody, you know, Amazon had uh, PlayStation 4s available for 10 minutes yesterday. And then there's a, there's a new story that I posted today that, you know, this week that you might be able to get it if you're lucky at a GameStop. Whereas you can walk to pretty much any retail department store and you can pick up an Xbox One. So, I mean, that $1.6 million lead that PlayStation 4 is just going to get wider and wider and wider. And that's going to, you know, you're probably going to hear of more despicable tactics that Xbox One is doing. Sam, what do you think? They tarnish their name. And it's just going to get worse for them. Yeah. Sam, what do you think? Um, I'm personally glad that I didn't receive any money because I don't want anybody accusing me of being bought off. So they could pay me off, <laughs> <laughs> and me as well, because you know how much money I've spent on Game Source. <laughs> I could use. <laughs> but the problem is, the problem is, as Jeremiah would know, the check would go in my hand. I would look at it, and it would immediately be taken out of my hand by my wife. <laughs> I As will, it should be. And Microsoft, if you As it should now, be. I will gladly not advertise your products. <laughs> you should well, charge you know people to not be angry about them. Be like, I will not complain about your product. Yeah. You pay there me you to not like, be angry. Microsoft, I like Sam's philosophy. I will not be angry and hate on your products. So why is Nick not being so angry on like 15 straight plus ones? And then all of a sudden you see him rolling around on like a uh, Ferrari or something like that. <laughs> well, what's funny too is they actually didn't say that you have to be positive. You just can't be negative. I am impartial about the Xbox One. Microsoft, I think your products only partially suck. The Xbox One is a video game console. Sometimes <laughs> you just need to have a vi- you know a video of you saying Xbox One pretty. Well, okay. I guess if you're just like doing an you know, unboxing, like you're just Xbox talking about it from a technical one. level. I give you one thumb up. <laughs> Xbox One, it works. <laughs> Xbox One, play or not. <laughs> so will this deter any of us from getting an Xbox One, nope. Sam? I you have one. I already right? have one. I already have one. My my wonderful, 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 amazing parents got me one for Christmas. I was so surprised because I was not expecting it at, at all. And then my amazing parents at the end of opening presents on Christmas morning, bro, me, uh, me and my brother both got a... It was a very gaming Christmas in the Paramba household because my sister got a 3DS. Very nice. So uh, she's been playing... Uh, Animal Crossing and Harvest Moon, and I've been playing my my Xbox One, and it's been wonderful. And I don't think it's going to deter me either. I mean, Titanfall, if uh, all Titanfall. if the all the hype comes, you know, and it does actually play. Have up you to seen that controller? Yes, oh we actually God, posted it on our really on our uh, Game Source Facebook site. The when other I get day. it, can I put it on the cool stuff page? Absolutely, that you can counts. give us a review of it. It works just like a controller. It just looks pretty. I'll just have Which a bunch of like selfies with it. Which yeah. you can only find by viewing www.yourgamesource.com slash coolstuff.html. <laughs> and then, Nick, what, would it deter you or Jeremiah? Would it deter you what they're doing now? Is, or do you just see it as, you know... You can't deter Jeremiah any more than he's already deterred. So. You know, I... I am already sickened so much by Microsoft as it is. I wouldn't give them my money. So, no, I would never buy an Xbox One. So, Microsoft, you can go suck it unless you pay me. I will say that this isn't really going to deter me from buying an Xbox One, but it isn't going to um, influence me to either. Like, I don't care what shady stuff they're doing as long as they're not, like, having, you know, kids in Cambodia make them for 50 cents. (laughs) I agree with you, Steph. 
long as my information is safe, Sony, and my like credit card information is not jeopardized, Sony, and like no one's hacking into anything, then I'm happy. That's fine. Well, like, remember, nah. my, but Xbox did have a hacking, uh, not not to the extent of Sony, but or Target for that matter, but uh, they did have one themselves in the last generation. I can see, I can see Sam's review for the Titanfall controller now. It's a controller. Give me money, Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be the headline, and it's just going to be a bunch of selfies with it. Like after we're done with this, I'm going to just take a bunch of selfies with my Xbox One. It uh it it has an A button and a B button. <laughs> I will do triggers. With the individual buttons. Like say nice things, but the A button is really nice based on where on my thumb I press it with. It's gonna be a really in-depth review of the controller. There's sure. a there's a very cool light that comes on when yep. when it's powered on. The way the the way the light hits the paint on a on a on a cool winter's day. Well, sometimes those gimmicky afternoon. sometimes those gimmicky controllers can can vary greatly from the, your actual regular controller or standard controller. Sometimes, you know, those, those kind of things get in the way. Uh, I mean, I've had some licensed merchandise, you know, similar to my controllers and whatnot that have not performed as well as the the licensed you know the regular controllers. So. Because it's still first party, right? Like it's not it's not being like I will say if you ever if you ever review anything that Mad Cats has either made or have makes through another entity, it will never be on the cool stuff page. I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> I will gonna go say, buy though, a bunch that, of Mad Cats. That that Titanfall controller is pretty enough that even if it didn't work well, <laughs> it looks pretty. You can you'll just, just put it on, go on a shelf. Yeah, you'll put it on your mantelpiece. Hey, it comes a company comes by your house. Hey, that's a controller. I'm gonna put it in like my thesis project for my studio. that you have in that glass case there. Oh yes, it's a work. It's an art piece. It's a it's a Microsoft modern art deco. Yep, modern art can be anything. I've been to a lot of modern art museums. It could be anything. Well, I think that does it for tonight's podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Nick, what do you say? Thank you for uh, being on tonight's podcast. Um, Arrivederci. Good night, everybody. Ciao, ragazzi. Have a great one, everyone. Take care and keep playing.